On today's podcast, we hear the second part of my conversation with Privia Health leaders Mike Flamini and Jason Ross. In this episode, we learn more about how Privia is positioned for the changing healthcare market, as well as discuss news that the company's CEO is stepping down. It's Tuesday, May 2nd. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily. Last week, Privia Health's Chief Business Development Officer Mike Flamini and Executive Vice President of Health Systems Jason Ross joined me to talk about the company's recent health system partnerships as well as how it works to support independent physicians. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily. On today's episode, we listen to the second half of our conversation, where we talk more about the changing healthcare market and the news about CEO Sean Morris's upcoming departure. To kick off this part of the talk, Jason tells me more about how Privia's model adapts to different health system partners across the country. I think unique to Privia, we have a number of executive leaders, you're talking to two of them, that, that started their career and spent significant time in health systems. Mike at the, at the Brigham up in Boston, and for the last seven and a half years prior to getting a Privia, I worked at LifePoint where I oversaw managed care, value-based care, and, and, and the hospital revenue cycle functions, but we're not the only two. And so I say that to underscore the point that fundamentally, even though we are very committed to kind of the physician enterprise and, and making sure that we're supporting physician groups across the country, we understand and respect the, the role and importance that health systems plays in their community. And we think that we are unique in this physician enablement space in being a thoughtful partner with those health systems, understanding their needs, their challenges, and trying to find kind of um, solutions that are both honest and earnest, right? Sometimes you got to confront a hard truth in certain things, but also not putting the target on the health system's back, right? Trying to find ways in which these physicians and these hospitals and health systems can work cohesively, sustainably together. Again, at the risk of sounding like a cheerleader, I don't see a lot of that in the physician enablement space. I know we have it in spades. And so, you know, part of my role is, is to try to talk to as many health system leaders that I know are struggling with these things the same way that we were struggling when I was working at a health system and try to solve some of those more complicated problems that they're facing right now. 
it's a bit of an understatement to say that the healthcare market has shifted a lot over the last few years. And we've seen some really big players uh, like Optum in particular, you know, going out and buying a lot of these large independent primary care and multi-specialty physician groups. So Mike, given that, how has Privia had to evolve and continue to make those connections? And what have you learned along the way? You know, the, the one thing I'll say is that we went public. We had a very successful IPO back in April 2021. And that allowed us to raise capital, but not chasing after the Optum model or private equity model in which we're acquiring practices. We still don't believe that's ultimately the right model for physicians to be owned and employed. But it has allowed us to have, again, back to this idea of flexibility, much more flexibility in talking with larger partners about joint ventures or investments that can be made in order to advance the Privia model. So two examples that I'll give you that are fairly large at scale examples. So we announced our entry into California a um, year and a half ago, and it was in partnership with Bass Medical Group. Uh, we don't own Bass Medical Group, but we we joint ventured a, an MSO to provide services both back back to Bass, as well as to go out and run the Privia playbook of recruiting lots of primary care and specialty doctors from in and around the Bay Area. So Bass is, I don't know, call it 400, 300, 400 providers. So the ability for us to have credibility and a seat at the table around concepts of you know, partnerships and business models, um, that was an important point after we went public to be able to uh, have those conversations. One that we just recently announced here is uh, in my home state, Beale in Connecticut, with community medical groups. So they're a, a thousand plus provider clinically integrated network and IPA model. And again, they were seeking help in uh, providing more value to not only the existing doctors inside of CMG, but new physicians across the state of Connecticut that weren't yet members of, of CMG and to take those next steps towards managing uh, more effectively value-based care. Uh, so I think these are both examples of where we're now engaging with larger, much larger organizations, recognizing that the optimums of the world exist and they're going to go and I think there's been announcements of a you know, super group in Massachusetts and some groups in uh, central New York that they're, that they're acquiring. We just have a different value proposition. And it's really what, what is it that the physician organizations that we align with What's their preference? And Jason, I want to get your thoughts here as well. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I probably would just take up on that one, JC, and say, like, the obvious fundamental difference that I see when I look at what's happening with kind of the acquisition versus our modes, we have a fundamental underlying principle that healthcare delivery in this country is going to be better off in terms of quality and cost if you have a vibrant, healthy, independent network of physicians that are self-determined i.e. not employed, and doing what they feel like is in the best interest of their patients. And so everybody makes different decisions for different reasons, but, you know, one, we feel like there's an existing group of physicians out there across the country that are currently unaffiliated, uh, and we have not talked to, that we feel like, you know, are going to come to that realization that they want to remain independent, they don't want to get bought, they want to continue to serve their community. They just need help. They just need support, right? A, a larger kind of <clears throat> common refrain that we're hearing from some of our health system partners about the independent doctors in their community. 
And so like that to me is where we stand out is like, we're not telling physicians that they're employed. We're not telling them what to do, how to run their practice. We're giving them guidance and offering them support and they can choose to use it or not uh, overall, right? There are certain things that you, you, know, you, you do obviously have to agree to to be, be on the PMG platform, the Privy Meadow Group platform. But that, I mean, that's a, that's a really big defining factor. And so I think as you see, you know, we've got close to 4,000 physicians now on our platform across the country. Now you're having a different level of conversation. You're, you're getting physicians that have been a part of our group for a long period of time, have continued to re-up, or obviously there's, you know, the natural informal communication networks of professional societies and docs talking to other doctors in their community about what they're doing and why. And so you're starting to have a, a different level of conversation. And so rather than now kind of selling the idea, it's a matter of just saying, is this the right idea for you? The idea risk is kind of gone out of the concept. We're definitely, I think, proving that. It's just now trying to find the right kind of physicians that feel like they don't want to sell out. They don't want to lose their autonomy. They want to continue to practice in their community, but be part of something bigger so that they can weather some of these storms that the last three or four years of the broader market that we've been talking about, they can weather that a little bit better than, than, than being on their own. There aren't many groups that are left that are independent that are, you know, more than 100 doctors. Certainly the 500 doc groups, the 700 doc groups are few and far between. What you have left out there are the practices of five and 10, and that is right in our wheelhouse. So we will, you know, continue to stay focused on our value proposition for those groups that benefit from all of the, the tools and capabilities that we've been talking about here. But when you look at the macro trends and step back for a second, uh, a majority of the physicians in this country are now employed. And I think turning on these health system relationships gives us an avenue to have a continue to develop this value proposition for employed physicians, whether they remain employed inside of our partners or whether there are opportunities to uh, bring them out of employment, but still keep them aligned to our partners. So our strategy as it's evolved recognizes that uh, the addressable market for physicians to be part of our ecosystem, you know, can continue to come from multiple different places. Uh, but the value prop is still the same. It's to help these providers um, deliver cost at, at higher quality and lower cost, regardless of whether you happen to be an employee or you own your own practice. And I think that that flexibility uh, is something that'll hopefully serve us well over time. It was recently announced that CEO Sean Morris would retire after five years at the helm of Privia and also after notably guiding the organization through its IPO in 2021. Um, Mike, I'd like to start with you. Can you talk a little bit more about that news and what's next? Well, I'd, I'd start with... Uh, Parth Marocha, who's our current president and COO, will, will now be taking over the, the helm as CEO. And Parth's been around the organization for maybe seven years. So he has, uh, he has you know, seen it all, uh, has been a guiding force to you know, get us through the IPO and, and the growth uh, model that we have, understands the, the business incredibly well and is universally, I think, respected among all of Privia's provider partners and staff at Privia. So it's just such a nice, seamless uh, elevation for Parth to come in and, and you know, replace Sean as CEO. So you know, no disruption. I've been part of a lot of organizations that have brought in CEOs from the outside where 
you have plenty of disruption here. None, none of that is happening. And they, they did a great job in terms of, uh, of bringing uh, Parth up and you know, positioning him for, for long-term success. So we're all excited as leaders of the organization to continue down the path that we're on now under Parth's leadership, but um, knowing, knowing the direction that we're on now will you know, largely remain in place going forward. And Jason? Yeah, JC, that Parth and Sean have worked so closely together on vision, mission, strategy, company values, that it, it really does. Again, as somebody that's not been here nearly as long as Mike, I, I would say that it also feels equally just uh, comforting in terms of this is the way you'd like to see all succession planning and transitions happen, right? It's a kind of a, almost a foregone conclusion. There's no doubt about what's happening and why. And in terms of what's next, I mean, honestly, I, I would channel my inner part and say more of the same, right? What we're doing, what we're doing is working. We need to just go out there and continue to do it for more and more physicians, continue to work with more and more health systems on partnerships, be flexible and, and be the best possible partner that we can be. That was Jason Ross, Privia Health's Executive Vice President for Health Systems, and Mike Flamini, Chief Business Development Officer for Privia. You can find the first part of our conversation on GIST's website. This is GIST Healthcare Daily. I'm Jake Carlisle-Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the program. We'll be back with healthcare business and policy news updates tomorrow, as always, in 10 minutes or less. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at gisthealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly Gist. The Gist Healthcare Daily Podcast is an independent production of Gist Healthcare, a Kaufman Hall company. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.